conversation about real lives as real moms. No matter what happens, it's probably fine. Hi, and welcome back to the It's Probably Fine podcast. I'm Joy. And I'm Kayla. And today we are going to talk about how it's probably fine to love your body. Before we jump in, though, I kind of left everybody hanging last week with the uh, whole Kayla's in a hot mess moment. <laughs> do you, do you want to tell everybody what happened over the course of, what was that, 10 days that yeah. uh, everything unfolded? Life was crazy. Uh, thanks for um, carrying the torch last week and uh, handling things on your own. Yeah, it was um, it was rough. So M woke up like in the middle of the night on a Thursday night, and I just hear his door slam and then like feet running down the hallway. And he throws himself onto me and he's like hysterical. Like I had a nightmare. I'm scared. I had a bad dream. I can't go back to sleep. I'm like it's normal for him to occasionally, you know, have a bad dream and come come to us or want me to sleep with him. But I've never seen him like panicked like this. Um, so I ended up going in his bedroom with him and getting him back to sleep. And um, he woke up for school and uh, was just really emotional. And had I thought he had felt a little warm at one point, but then he didn't. So I'm like, okay, just had a bad dream, didn't sleep well. So we go to school. And, um, it's not long before he's in tears and, and he's feeling like he's got a fever. Um, so long story short, he ended up with strep throat or strep, I guess it's not officially strep throat. If it's his throat doesn't hurt, I get, I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> he was, he was positive know. for strep, but he never had a sore throat. So I don't really know, but, um, so yeah, he was on antibiotics for a few days and we kept like, you're feeling better now, buddy, right? No, I feel worse. We're like, the doctor said like a couple days, you should be feeling better. Don't you feel better? No, I feel worse. Like, okay, you're just being dramatic. Until he broke out in hives the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and... um uh, we thought it was just a, a, an allergic reaction to like, I don't know, a detergent or something on, uh, he had used a different pillow and like, he has, you know, a little breakout sometimes. So gave him some Benadryl, sent him to school. <laughs> and I mean, this wasn't a little breakout by the time I saw the pictures, this was like, yeah, well, first, and hives that morning, up and down. yeah, that morning though, it was just very like around his neck and shoulder area. And I was like, okay, you used a different pillow. Maybe it was a different detergent yeah. on it. Like, so just gave him some Benadryl. He did okay throughout the school day. Um, and then on the way home, like had his shoes off and was like scratching like crazy, like my foot, it just, it hurts. And it just like freaking out in the car on the way home. And I'm like, I can't do anything, buddy. I'm driving. And then we get home and he's like, so calm. Uh, got welts and like hives all over his feet and then like let me see the rest of your body like yeah you saw the pictures all over his sides and just his hips and everywhere everywhere so turns out my kid's allergic to amoxicillin <laughs> so I guess we're actually very lucky that uh, we didn't know before now because he's only ever been on antibiotics one other time in his almost six years and Apparently it wasn't amoxicillin, I would guess. I don't know. It's been a couple of years ago, but <laughs> apparently it wasn't that. Um, 
So well, yeah. I think they get progressively like your reaction gets progressively worse. So maybe he had like a little bit of a rash, but it was in one spot and you just didn't, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. it was not a big deal or maybe yeah. it wasn't. Maybe things change. Can you get an, like an allergy? I know you get your seasonal allergies can change. Can your allergies to things like that change? That I don't know. Someone, I, mean, I, know, I know they could write get worse to us and, and tell us, right? Someone who knows more about this than we do. <laughs> Someone who knows things. Yeah, so we alternated who stayed home with him for a few days while he, um, you know, was on switched to a new antibiotic and on some antihistamines until things cleared up. And um, in the midst of that, our dogs had some, uh, well, one of our dogs had surgery to have a malignant tumor removed last month. And so she had some fluid around her incision and they're like, yeah, it's not uncommon, but it's not normal. So we need to see her I'm like, Oh, great. And then our other, one of our other dogs started limping. And so they, he got in for x-rays. Turns out he's old. <laughs> we've, we've got hip so dysplasia. No, I mean, he's got real issues. He's got hip dysplasia. He's got arthritis and apparently um, like a birth defect in his last vertebrae of his spine and um, causes pain sometimes equivalent to like sciatic nerve pain in a human, I guess. The poor baby. Yeah. So now he's on like prescription dog food and injections and like, I don't know, some kind of injections to help with his joints. Is he acting better now? Mm, he, it hasn't, he hasn't had time for all the new stuff to like actually help. So yeah. So we'll see, but I had to uh, go learn how to give the injections at the vet. Yeah, that was fun. I'm learning a lot. (laughs) 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 So, you know, nothing catastrophic over here. Just a lot of, a lot of things all at once going on in our lives. So, yeah. But plus the whole, like still working and momming and all that at the same time too. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that was a very tired nod. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're still standing. We we somehow have made it through and keep on keeping on. I'm glad everybody's on the mend. Yeah. That's exciting. Strep yeah. must be going around. My um my niece has strep. She lives in Florida, so obviously she you know nowhere around here. But um. They had, they were supposed to go out of town this weekend, just a little family weekend and had to cancel it because she has strep. So who knows? Maybe in place of COVID, all the kids were like, let's just give each other strep instead. (laughs) Em was like, how did I even get sick? I know. That's a a good point. I kind of wondered that myself. (laughs) So how's your crew these days? Oh, you know still just looking for a house there's like nothing I mean more houses are coming up for sale but for example we went and saw this house let me just give you an idea of like maybe the market's not like this everywhere but like this was a $250,000 house right so you think in this market like there's going to be some things to update but like $250,000 should buy you like at least to start right in Indiana, out in the middle of nowhere, by the way. And we get there and 
first of all, like we had Googled Google Earth or whatever satellite to see what was around it. And there wasn't anything like right around it. And so we were like, okay, cool. You know, farms, cause we live here. Um, but that was it. Well, we get there and they must have in the last like six months put up an Amazon distribution center across the street. Yeah. So that right there, I was like, well, um, that's not going to work. And so we actually called our, called our realtor and we're like, we didn't even need to see it because we're not going to live here. Um, but he was like, well, I haven't seen you guys in in a couple weeks. Let's, you know, I want to see you. Let's go ahead and we'll just, we're, you know, see the house. I was like, okay, well, I can at least, we can look and see what, you know, if they have any ideas or tell him like what we like and what we don't like about it. And we get there and the foundation is a mess and there is standing water in the cellar, which was, it had rained what, five days before that, you know, like it hadn't been raining. Um, and there was no central air and there was, and like all this stuff and there was a brand new pole barn. So that was cool. But like, that's the kind of thing that we're finding for a quarter of a million dollars. You can find a house that you would have to like, start from scratch I don't even know and so we it's just like I don't know it's just a terrible time to buy a house so luckily we aren't paying rent but that also means that the living with my parents isn't even the thing like it's the kids not having doors the sleep situation that's really getting to me like my husband and I have a door but we have the only bedroom so I think I've said before the baby sleeps in the kitchen and then there's a curtain that I hung up on the seat on the like from the ceiling and the other two sleep in their little bunk beds on the other side of the room. But I know. And I, I realize that lots of people live in a situation where they're all in the same room or when everybody's in the same bed, it's just, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't be a big deal except for the baby. The baby makes it a thing. So so anyway, that's just same old, same old here, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that in other other places, like, you can't get a lot for $250,000 for a home. So I know we probably sound like, <laughs> I know. oh, I my know. gosh. I'm a little spoiled. But, well, yeah, I mean, in this here. area, we're not, we're not used to, we're used to, you know, pretty affordable housing, and we've been pretty and- lucky. We're not even talking about Indianapolis. We're talking about outside. Like we're looking where there's farms. So we're not even talking about like a Metro or like a Carmel or a Fishers or like if people know Indiana, you know, like the expensive places to live are north of Indianapolis and then like Bloomington and like places like that. But like we're looking out, 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 out. Like (laughs) there's nothing around where we're looking. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's like literally horses that get loose and just wander down the street. That's where we're looking for house. <laughs> why? My husband anyway. asked me the other day, like, why, why are housing prices so crazy right now around here? And like, what is causing it? And my guess was like, everybody was stuck at home last year and decided, I don't want to live in this place anymore. And then they all <laughs> went out and looked and bought new houses and sold their houses. That's That was actually, the market was booming last year too, during COVID, which is weird. But um, I read a statistic that normally in like, there's like 
I think a third of the houses on the market that there normally are. So I don't know, but it's like this everywhere. Like I have a friend who's looking for a new house out in, um, near like Philadelphia. It's the same thing there. I mean, more expensive because it's the East coast, but same idea, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll figure it out, but. Well, you want to hear my mom's, my mommy meanness slash mom win for the week? Yeah. So, uh, Tuesday we came home, like I made dinner, put dinner on the table. Everybody sat down and M goes, where's my fork? I don't have a fork. I was like, oh, sorry, dude. I forgot to grab you one. Go just go grab one out of the drawer. He was like, oh, why do you always forget everything? Hmm. Okay, so that, that's what we're going to do. Well, I guess since I forget everything, I guess I'm just going to forget to make dinner Thursday because we already had plans Wednesday. We had to like go to the vet and stuff. So I was like, it was going to be kind of a fast food night anyway. So I was like, hmm, I guess I'll forget to make dinner Thursday. No, mom, I'm sorry. You don't forget everything. No, 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 too late. <laughs> I said, so please tell me you made him make dinner. I did. Yeah. So I guess you better figure out what we're having for dinner Thursday. And then you better write a list, a grocery list. And I'll take you Wednesday to get what you need if we don't have the ingredients. And then, um, yeah, you're going to make it Thursday. So we did. And he made pot roast or Italian beef sandwiches. We have to, <laughs> we have to tell my husband it's <laughs> Italian beef sandwiches and then he'll eat it. If we call it pot roast, he won't eat it. <laughs> Your husband? Not him. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's fine. So oh I don't know if he's brilliant in picking a crock pot meal that was easy to just put in there. and Or if he just. It's probably something you've made a lot. because <laughs> We haven't had you it know? in a long time. But he, I mean, I know he does like it. So maybe that's why he was just like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So I don't know if he intentionally picked something that was easy in the crock pot to make his life easier. If he's that that smart to pull that off but yeah it was good I mean I still ended up having to do some of the work because you know that's just how it the goes driving and all that right taking him to the store to showing him where stuff is <laughs> but yeah I don't I wonder if he'll be uh telling me I forget things all the time anymore probably we'll he won't learn that lesson until you forget like his baseball shoes or something all right, so should we uh, get back to our topic for today <laughs> now that we've caught sure. up a little bit? Sure, sure. I'm sure this is one that people are, women in particular, I know men too, but women in particular are probably familiar with the feelings, um, mom or not, right? So I don't know. How did, did you have body image issues before you were a mom? Oh, Let's talk for about sure. That first. Yeah, for yeah? sure. I know not everyone does, but um, it was something that I was really self-conscious and aware of uh, as early as elementary school. Um, I remember like having concerns about what I looked like or specifically weight, um, how much I weighed or what I looked like, or I hate the word fat, but that was a word that was always like a, a thing. Never wanted to look fat. Like from, do you think that was an influence from like your friends or 
did you like watch your mom act that like way or I don't know where I mean I know like I watched tv and stuff with my family and with my mom and like popular shows of the time that now I watch and I'm like why was I watching that when I was a kid mom (laughs) (laughs) why did I watch that with you that was not appropriate for me um but yeah I don't I don't know if it came from like you know the teeny bopper magazines and what I saw on tv and that kind of stuff I don't know I don't know even now like I look back at pictures now of like when the thinnest and fittest time of my life and I was like and I probably thought I was fat at that time like (laughs) why in the world but um yeah so I you know I don't think this one was as big of an issue for you pre-mom was it no no but I well we didn't have any like (laughs) We had one TV and that we weren't really allowed to watch it very much. So maybe I didn't have that influence. Um, And I don't know. My mom was always like the, it was never a thing. Like she put a bathing suit on and go play in the waves with us. I didn't think twice about what she looked like. And she was pretty fit too. Like not, not like I have been as a mom where she intentionally exercised. She just always has had a better metabolism. So, um, so I didn't ever see her trying to lose weight or anything like that. Um, And we definitely never had any kind of like magazines around or anything like that. Uh, My parents would have you believe that we were poor when we were kids. I'm not sure. Maybe we were. Or I think they just were really good about not spending money. I know we didn't have a lot of money, but they also didn't like spend money on anything. So we would want magazines or candy or whatever from the you know, the grocery store, but she wouldn't buy them. So we never had anything with an influence like that in the house where I know like a lot of friends that had, um, that had like cable and got to watch like MTV and like music videos and stuff like that. And I swear I didn't watch a music video until I was in high school. Like I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. So, um, and then all through high school, you know, I played at least two sports at a time all year long. So, you know, if I was thinking about my body, it was about how I couldn't run as fast as, as like somebody else could. It wasn't really um, about how I looked. And then I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I just never really cared that much. I don't really know why. Like I, I would like to say that I had some kind of really mature outlook on it, <laughs> but I didn't, I just didn't care. It just wasn't um, on your radar. No, no. And I also, but I also didn't like buy clothes from Abercrombie and things like that. So I never saw, I saw them in the store. Like I would go in, but like, it wasn't like that. Those were the clothes I was trying to fit into. Like you want to fit into a size zero at Meyer. It's pretty easy when you're, you know, 15 years old. <laughs> like it's not the same as a size zero at Hollister. <laughs> so when those numbers start to show up, it didn't really, you know, we were, I wasn't buying $50 pairs of jeans, no matter where they were from. So, um, I think the sizing is a little more forgiving the place I was shopping to <laughs> old Navy. They got some good stretch in their jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got some good stretch. So yeah, that was pre baby all through college. I was pretty good. I think grad school, I started to, well, college, I, I studied exercise science. So obviously pretty much most of the people who I was 
um, around who are super fit, like college athlete fit. Um, so that was kind of probably where I started to notice, but it was really, really more about uh, muscle tone and strength and how much I could bench press <laughs> than it was like about fitting into a certain size. So uh, just kind of went that way. I, I Maybe I was lucky. I'd say that I don't know that that's lucky or just I don't know almost like blissfully unaware right like maybe yeah I don't want to take credit for it because I don't feel like I did anything any kind of internal work to feel that way before I had kids like yeah. it was just the road that I was on it just I think and having to buy my own clothes like I didn't <laughs> you know like but it's an interesting like insight into the role that media does play. I mean, now social media mm-hmm. is like all in our faces, but even when we were younger, um, you know, just influence of media, television, commerce, commercials, magazines, music, like whatever's going on in pop culture and how that affects young people specifically and what we start to see and value in others and in ourselves and like, not that that was ever my number one priority, but it was definitely something that was always kind of on my radar and think something that I worried about. And um, yeah, just really put a focus on in, in myself. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know why, but I do, I just remember like all the shows I watched, the girls were all super thin and pretty and all the magazines and all that, like, you know, it's just even if it's, they're not overtly saying this is what you have to look like. The message is there. Yeah. So yeah, it's one that I, I struggled with prior to becoming a mom and I feel like continued to in different ways. Um, I think we've talked about this before, like after becoming moms, there's this weird I don't know, like a split personality feeling of like, oh my gosh, my body is a hot mess and my body is absolutely amazing and did amazing things. Like it's this weird, like, well, yeah, things are saggy and I have stretch marks everywhere. And like, but then there's also this, like this strength, this different type of strength that I don't, I I didn't know. I, I mean, I knew it was amazing to create another human and like the whole process, but having gone through it, it's like, that's BA. Like, (laughs) right. I think that I, I think that I felt more like there's a, it's a weird like roller coaster too, because you like have you're pregnant and I don't know how other people felt when they were pregnant. Mostly I just felt like limited. Like I couldn't, do the things that I like to do, like running and hiking and things. I mean, I did run, but not the way, you know, not the way I wanted to. Um, and so I, I couldn't like be who I wanted to be. So then when I had the babies, I was like, so ready to get back to that. But there's this weird, like limbo time where you can't do anything. And then, um, I, when you do start running, so like with, I think probably E, I think I started jogging for like 30 seconds at a time. I mean, I'm not, when I say running, I don't mean like I went out and ran a half marathon when she was six weeks old, but I started and, um, 
not only like were my outsides jingling around, but my insides were jingling around. Like my uterus <laughs> hadn't like figured out where it was supposed to be yet. And so it was a very uncomfortable. And I think that was the first moment where I was like, cause like pregnancy, you expect that you're growing. Everything is getting bigger, your boobs, your belly, like even your butt, like you get it, you buy new clothes, you do this whole thing. Like it's easy for some people. It's hard mentally for other people, but like, I feel like I was prepared for that but I wasn't prepared for the like emptiness and extraness of uh, the postpartum period. Um, the literal like jiggling around in extra skin and what do I do with this? And also none of my clothes fit, but I don't want to wear maternity clothes anymore. And you know, like it, it's a weird, it, that was probably the first moment for me where I was completely out of my, comfort zone with my body and how it moved and what it could do. Um, and so it wasn't just how it looked, but like my hips hurt doing things and I couldn't stretch. Like I couldn't even do a yoga class because my like boobs were bigger than I was used. Like they were in the way, which I know some people like are lucky enough to have that problem all the time, but I wasn't, you know, so it was just new. And so it was kind of finding that new, new space in within my body to move. And um, yeah, that was the first time I think that I was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> and then of course, you've got all the physical pain of like everything that just happened to you. Right. Basically, you know, big trauma happening to your body. So, um, in each time that I've had a kid, I thought I knew what I was getting into and each time it's been different. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your body just reacts differently to it. And it's, I feel like I'm still recovering. He's almost 11 months old and I still don't quite recognize how I'm like in this weird in-between stage of how I look and feel about myself but I'm, I'm feeling stronger these days. I've been running again. So that also helps my mind space too. So that changes things for sure. I think it's always evolving. Um, I remember as someone who now in my thirties has is reflecting on myself have come to realize I deal with quite a bit of anxiety. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> which must be obvious to those around me but it wasn't until I was an adult and did some soul searching that I was like oh that's what all of that was this is cool. a good time to mention that we are pro therapy whether you think you need it or not in this on this podcast and so if you know you think that you might be dealing with anxiety or you just like to talk to people maybe that's a good spot to find out how some hints some tips and hints to dealing with yeah. things like that I'm sure we've got a, a whole episode worth of anxiety and coping chats we could get into <laughs> another day um but along with that comes a need a desire for control in a lot of situations and the hardest part for me besides just exhaustion when I was pregnant um, was the lack of control over my own body. I just felt like 
I was in control of nothing. This is my body and I have no say over it whatsoever. Um, and I remember crying the first time I got stretch marks because I was like, I, my body's been taken over <laughs> by this little <laughs> alien inside of me. And as, as much as I was so thankful for the whole process and so like, obviously was overjoyed to, to become, be, be, to becoming a mom. Um, there was also this really weird feeling of like, not losing myself, but, but not having control over things. And, um, I don't know, that was just a really hard thing for me that, that my body wasn't my own, that every decision I made, every choice I made, every, the, the food I put into my body, what I drank, what activities I did, how my body was growing and changing and, um, you know, just every aspect of me was not me it was for and about this little person um so I have to believe that's pretty common like that feeling of well first of all I know that the crying for the first stretch mark is common like very common (laughs) I've heard that a lot (laughs) but also that feeling of um your body's not your own like I had that I think it just I it expressed itself a little bit differently but I, I felt that way too with each pregnancy, but then also with each, like with breastfeeding and then it kind of like compounds itself. So at this point, my body has not been my own for almost six years total. And like, I'm like, so ready to <laughs> not, I want to eat junk food <laughs> and take cold medicine. Ah, <laughs> uh, the cold medicine. I remember when I was pregnant and my allergies really kicked in and I was like, what can I take? Is there anything I can take? I was like, uh, you can probably take Benadryl. And I took it (laughs) right before work, not thinking that like it would make me sleepy. I was just, it was Benadryl relief from allergies. I will do anything. Uh. And I'm standing at work and I'm like, Oh, why am I so tired? I could fall asleep right here. And like, did you take that Benadryl you were talking about? I'm like, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was just desperate for any sort of relief that I'm like, I'll do anything. I was like, oh, wait. Benadryl makes me sleepy. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally get the whole uh, your body's not your own thing. That's a weird. That's not something they write about in those baby books what's it called and the what to expect books yeah I read I mean they tell you the things you can't do but they do they definitely don't say be prepared for this emotional feeling of not belonging to yourself and then also sacrificing yourself to take care of someone else like sacrificing your sleep and your eating and all those things and that does not have anything to do with even giving birth or breastfeeding like that just has to do with being a mom no matter how you got there like that doesn't you know? stop ever. I don't maybe think ever. That it being so a far. dad is the same though. <laughs> I just have this sense it's not <laughs> blissfully unaware, much like you yeah. were about your body image. Sometimes yeah. you feel like dads do dadding in a blissfully unaware state. That's for sure. Something you mentioned a few minutes ago 
made me just um, the idea of that, like our, our perspectives change and our priorities change, you know, like at one point you and I were working out an hour, hour and a half a day, every day. Oh, or that six was days so a week. fun. I really didn't like it at first, but then I really, <laughs> but then I really, everything, <laughs> everything you wrote me into, I really don't like it at first. And then I love it eventually. Um, that was like the best shape I've ever been in, in my life. And I just felt strong, like forget what I looked like, like looking back at pictures now, I'm like, yeah, I looked great. That was awesome. But yeah, I felt but- good and I felt strong. And I felt accomplished. But I was also, I mean, you were married at that point. But I think I was single still. Yeah, well, and my husband was working. I was working 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. And my husband was working 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So we had a lot of time apart to fill with, like, whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. And I was, I had like was working my first full time job. Like I had a career and I had a roommate, but like I had no kids. I had no, no, like no other responsibilities. I had no significant other. So, you know, we could do whatever we wanted with our time. And we could, like, we had the ability to fill that time with things for ourselves, right? Like I, I was, all I had to worry about was me. And so I could take the time to like worry about what my clothes look like and go shopping. I could take the time to prepare whatever meals I wanted or my roommate cooked for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we could on a whim say, Hey, do you want to go do this? Or we could plan to have that time, you know, an hour every day to work out together after work or whatever. Um, but then like things change, trying to find an hour in our day now, every day to get together, to do something like that by ourselves on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like seems like an an impossible feat. Yeah. Finding, finding an hour to do things isn't, I mean, it's not easy, but it, it wouldn't be that hard, but finding an hour to do things like that, like without the kids. No. Nope. It would have to be at like 10 o'clock PM and someone would have to be at my house. Oh, well, my parents' house to watch my kid. Because yeah. uh, my husband's not even home at that time. <laughs> yeah. And now, and like, then, then you sacrifice sleep because you're doing it at 10 o'clock at night. Yep. You know, yep. there was also a summer that we got up at, we worked out what, at like 630 every morning or something. Yeah, that was with kids. That was with kids. We just did it before they I woke up. I think it up. was like six. Because I want to say they got up at like seven. And sometimes E would come down and find us in the garage working out. Yeah. And we always so- kept the garage door halfway shut so the neighbors couldn't see us. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Pro tip. Yeah, we would. <laughs> I remember like every morning I'm like, it is summer. Like I am a teacher on vacation. Like, why am I getting up to do this? But once I got there and we got started, like it it set the tone for my whole day. You know, like I came home and I was like, I would 
sit out and if no one else was awake yet, then I would like enjoy a cup of coffee on the porch or whatever, like have a few moments to myself to just reset. And, um, but it's hard to make yourself do that. I mean, I guess maybe not for some people, for some people, maybe that is their thing. That is their self-care. That is their time. But as a person who does not just innately love to exercise and <laughs> do those things. See, I feel like you're speaking to the wrong crowd here on the other side of this Zoom call because like if I have a spare half hour in my day, that's what I'm going to do with it. But yeah. it's because I love it. Not, I don't, I, okay. So I guess I should kind of qualify that. Um. So first of all, I have had a jogging stroller ever since I've had a baby and had a double jogging stroller at one point, like with the intention and, and a treadmill. So I see that I have all these options that other people don't have. Um, but I like that is my happy place. And so I've noticed like with E and with L, uh, both of them, no matter how sleep deprived I was, I started working out like six to eight weeks after they were born. Whenever my doctor was like, yeah, go for it. I was in. Um, but I, I always worked out before, like, like you were talking about, like, I'm not working out an hour a day, you know, whatever. But, um, but I noticed with, oh, and part of this was he was born during like COVID. So the kids, the big kids were home. So there's three of them. And one of me or two of us, even if my husband's here, we're still outnumbered. And so for all these different reasons, I just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And I didn't start working out again until probably a month ago. And I just like made a checklist and was like, and got a friend who I knew was going to start running. And um, we just text each other when we do it. And my, I made a goal to run three days a week. And I can't tell you like, nothing. I think maybe I've lost one pound. Like I'm not trying to lose weight right now. I'm still breastfeeding. I'm not going to restrict calories or anything like that. Like I'm just not, I'm not there. I'm not, in, I don't care to do it. It's not my headspace, but my feelings, you know, feelings, like my attitude about things, my, um, energy level overall is dependent on working out. And I know that's not everybody, but I have just noticed like with, oh, what a stark contrast his first year was, like how I felt physically, mentally, and then also about my body, because I look back, I post things on Instagram on like my other account um, about fitness. That's pretty much all the only people I follow because I don't really care to know I don't know, whatever's going on in the world. <laughs> Sometimes when I get on social media, that's not where I want to learn about that stuff. So um, so I was looking back at the half marathons I was training for after the other two. And my just outlook on life was more out, I guess, more outwardly focused. And I feel like this year I've just been like, this is what's wrong. And this is what I want. And this is, and a lot of that correlates with how like happy I am and how many endorphins I have and endorphins, you know, come from a lot of times from exercise. And so I, I think that, um, for some people that's not necessarily a priority. 
But for me personally, I've had to find a way to make it a priority, even though I don't really have the time for it. Like I'm literally sitting in a pile for clean clothes, clean piles of laundry that need folded because because <laughs> I did a workout today instead of folding laundry. And it's 8.30 at night. So <laughs> get consequences. Yeah. But I'm happier. That's good. So it looks different, but it's the same idea. Yeah. And I think, well, I think that's like, we can't do it all as moms. So we have no. to yeah. prioritize. And, um, you know, long ago, I, I don't know if I intentionally did it or not, but I decided that spending time with M was more important to me than having a clean house, first of all, because as the saying goes, let like the laundry will always be there. The dishes will always be there tomorrow, but um, this day with your children will be gone. Yeah. I um, need one of those signs that says, excuse this mess. We live here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I get it. Yeah. But sometimes with that came like the priority, like putting myself not as a priority and I think that's common for a lot of moms. Like you focus so much on your children and your family and, and your job and balancing all the other parts of things that if something's got to give a lot of times it, it's ourselves that, yeah, that we sacrifice. Um, so I hear a lot of moms say like that with that same thing though that when they do prioritize like self-care and I'm talking actual self-care, I know we all know, like I'm, I'm not talking about a bath and some wine or going to the grocery store by yourself, like actual self-care, whatever that means to you, um, that that makes you a better mom. Do you feel like you sacrifice yourself to the point where you aren't taking care of yourself at all? And that you, like, I don't know where that line is. I'm just asking what you think about that. I, I mean, I, I've, it's gone up and down. Like I, it has yeah. changed over the course of his life. Um, but for sure. Yeah. I've had, I've had periods of time where I, I feel overwhelmed to the point where I'm not taking care of myself and I am not prioritizing my health and my well being enough but, and then I just, I become the mean mom, like, and I don't know that he would ever remember those periods. Um, but like the, it, it's really the anxiety, but it shows up as ragey, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm short and I'm snippy and I'm like, and if I don't find the ways to make it about me for a little while, then I can't make it about any, I can't be good for anyone else because I'm not, I'm not being good for myself. Um, And those are not moments that I'm proud of, but they, they, for, they for sure have happened. Um, I'm really, I'm worse in the winter. I think a lot of people kind of go through that too. Um, You know, when it's warm out and it's sunny out, we're, we're outside, we're playing like even last year, without even really realizing it because we went nowhere and because I 
was going stir crazy and like anxiety kicked in. And we talked about this a little bit in another episode, I think, but like it was kind of that fight or flight mentality. And so I, we walked, we walked countless laps around our neighborhood. We rode our bikes. We went for hikes. We went camping, anything that we felt safe doing. And that kind of kept us away from other people, but gave us something to do and got us moving. We did. And yeah, so we just, we went, we walked, we hiked, we biked, we, we moved our bodies and I didn't realize that. I think maybe your mom was the first one to actually like say something and made a comment about how my body had changed and how I was, you know, just looking thinner and looking healthy and fit. And, um, I wasn't doing it for that purpose. I mean, that was kind of a nice side effect, but it was more of like just a coping skill at the time, a coping, like coping with anxiety and giving us something to do. Um, but we also had this like endless amount of time. (laughs) And one of the things that never went out of stock in the grocery stores was fresh produce And so all these things that I had been wanting to try or, you know, I wanted to make our own homemade salad dressing. And I don't know, the store-bought ones, there's like a million ingredients on them. I'm like, why is there that much stuff in this? So that was something that I had always just thought, oh, we should try that. It should super easy, like olive oil, vinegar, some seasoning, like stuff like that. And so we just started doing that and making different ones. I found a list of like several different salad dressings. So then I would just make different salads to go with them and like things like that, that I enjoy doing. I enjoy making food. I enjoy feeling fit and healthy and that kind of thing. But when life gets busy for me, that's one of the first things that goes. Yeah. And I stopped planning meals I, as, as well. I stopped, I shop differently. It's a lot more of like, I don't know. I cannot make one more decision today. Can you yeah. just pick up a pizza or something? Like, and I know how terrible that can be. But also, like, that's, that's what I revert to when I get, when I feel overwhelmed and, like, tired and, decision fatigue (laughs) like yeah so so do you think that m notices like um I don't I don't know that he's old enough to well I'm sure he could like mimic anything anything you verbalize about your body but do you think he notices that you like feel better when you guys are active or um eating good food or do you think he just kind of is like yes pizza (laughs) you know like I don't know how how in tune he is with with that at his age because yeah I think 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 he's like right before that age I think he's very in tune with my emotions and and how and like how I am acting um I think he knows that there are some times that I'm a nicer mommy or a happier mommy or a more playful mommy than other times. Um, and so, you know, I don't think he correlates that into like what we're doing. I think um, 
I think as, as long as he feels like I'm paying attention to him and like talking nicely to him, that that's what he notices. I don't think so, that he so much notices why, like what causes it. So with, you know, seeing how M looks at you and um, your decisions with that kind of realm of things, and then add to it the way that you kind of felt about your body image when you were younger, do you find that you are careful about how you talk about your body around him or do you have a plan? Again, he's, you know, he's pretty young, but I think that kids start to notice things earlier than we think that they do. Um, or, you know, do you have a plan for how you're going to handle that? Or does it, is it just different? Cause he's a boy. I don't, have you thought about it? Yeah, I for sure have. And I try to be very intentional about how I speak about myself and how I speak about other people in front of him. Um, I know you do this with your kids too. Like we try to talk about food as like nutrition and, um, you know, food that gives us energy or food that gives us protein to make our muscles big and strong or things like that rather than um, like, oh, that food's not good for you. That's a fatty food. That's a whatever food. Like, you know, we try to talk about, oh, we haven't been eating enough fruits and vegetables the last couple of days. We need to make sure we're doing that because it's good for us. It's good for our bodies. It gives us vitamins, like really focusing on uh, the nutrition and like the, like, oh, we're, you know, he'll see somebody running in the neighborhood and he'll say, why are they running? Oh, they're getting their exercise. They're keeping their body healthy and strong. Like we really try to focus on the benefit of caring for our bodies. Um, and I find that I'm, I talk, if I talk to myself the way I would talk about other people and the way I would talk in front of him, it's a lot more beneficial. Like there are things that I give other people grace for and not just in in their body image, but in lots yeah. of ways that I give other people grace that I don't give myself. Yeah. Um, and so I find that when I am talking through subjects with him, I'm sort of like coaching myself through them sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I can say this about that situation, or I can help him through this situation, you know, why am I not telling myself the same things when I'm going through yeah. grown up versions of the same situation. I know we've had a couple situations with him where he's like um, said someone was fat or like used the word fat. And, um, but he has heard them say that about themselves. Mm -hmm. And yes. So we had to have a conversation that like, just because they use that term or they feel that way, like we're not going to say that about somebody. Like, you know, could a person make healthier choices? Could they eat more nutritious food? Could they exercise more? Sure. Those are all ways that we take care of our body, but we're not going to talk about someone else's body like that, even if they choose to do that. Um, so I found that in some ways, just not commenting on people's appearances in general um, is helpful, I feel like, yeah. because you know, drawing attention to it, good or bad. Like if you make positive comments about certain types of people or certain types of bodies or whatever, and then you make negative comments about other people and other bodies, whether you are outright telling them 
that this is what we value, that they're going, he's going to pick up on that. Yeah. Kids are going That's to pick up on that. Getting. Yeah. If you comment on people's clothes, if you comment on how thin they are or how they've lost weight or they've gained weight or, you know, all these sorts of things, I don't, I don't want to unintentionally make him value those things. And so I try to just mostly not make comments about other people's appearances. Yeah. Or even myself. We've always, yeah, for sure. We've always, um, well, like you said, you know, talked about like fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, but now E is at a super fun age. So she, I don't know, she's a blossoming little scientist. Um, so she's very curious about everything. I mean, everything. What did she ask me today? It was something that I was just like, who even thinks of that? <laughs> anyway, so she's she's a blossoming little scientist and she asks about everything. And so um, so we kind of like quiz her now. So she'll ask us, uh, mommy, is this is a cracker? Is a cracker better or are eggs better? Um, and we'll say, well, that depends on what your goal, like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to run fast? Or are you trying to get strong? You know? And so like we explain, you know, cracker has more carbohydrates. That is quick energy and how we actually go into like how she's old enough. Now she can kind of understand that quick energy breaks down in your body faster. And then it makes you, it just gives you energy faster versus the eggs have more protein and iron. And that's for, you know, kind of go into what everything's for. Um, so that's really fun. But then you also kind of have to think on your toes when she asks questions. Like the other day we were at REI and we were picking out backpacking meals and we let her, she's going to try her first backpacking trip. And so we let her pick out a meal and um, she looked at the back and she said, she can read now too. So that's, you know, whole nother can of worms that we've opened. Um, so she looks at the back and she says 650 calories. And we were like, yep. And she was like, is that a lot? And I had to think, and I was like, let's, so 650 calories and we're going hiking. So you could probably hike for six miles on that many calories. That's how and I said, you know, what do calories do for you? And she said, they give you energy to move your body. And so like, she was thinking about it in a context that was more innocent than what I, I was worried. She had like heard somebody was counting calories and trying to like lose weight and whatever. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But she's, I don't, I just don't want her to think that way. And so it was, so we've been kind of using the science angle for her, whereas for Elle, it's, he just, everything he likes to eat, if he has a choice, it's sugar. So we're talking about um, how your body can't, you can't only eat sugar because it's not good for your heart. It's not good for your teeth, you know, all this stuff, like why not not talking about diseases or gaining weight or anything like that, but other, other reasons that kids shouldn't eat that much sugar. Plus like, let's just talk about the fact that he gets all angry when he has too much sugar. Cause there's like some chemical process that happens in his brain that happens different from other people. So that's a whole nother thing, but, but yeah, we've, we've definitely started to started to explore those more in depth. And then I've also noticed she, she's like, looking at herself more in the mirror. And I think that she's just curious about like what her body can do and what she looks like and things like that. But she also, when she picks out swimsuits, she wants to pick out like 
these little bikini swimsuits like these uh teenage girls that who you know and college age girls who we go on family vacations with and stuff wear and I'm not opposed to that I just have always been more modest with my bathing suits and so have never like worn you know string bikinis and stuff it's just not my thing even when I was like in tip-top shape and so I'm actually more likely to wear a two-piece now than I was when I was like 20. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, I, I have a feeling this summer we're going to start crossing some of those bridges for like how she feels about herself and making sure, oh, she asked me the other day, somebody at school told her she's skinny. And I was like, oh, well, why'd they say that? And they were like, I don't know. They just said my legs are really skinny. And I was like, well, it just means that your legs are, are thin, but you've got muscles, right? You know, and kind of went that direction with it. And I was like, you can run fast, can't you? She was like, yeah, like you can climb trees, right? Yeah. Like, okay, well, then I guess you're just the way God made you, you know? And like, kind of kept it. I mean, she's a kid still, so quick, but, but it was definitely a think on your toes moment where it was like, what kind of first grader is like classifying? I don't know. Like, like with they're calling her skinny are they calling other kids like fat I don't know like that's not that's really young I feel like that's really young maybe it's not <laughs> maybe well I'm with, naive. I mean with her body type she I mean she is a, a just a petite individual her, her body is just she's always been yeah smaller than kids her age and when you are not in sort of that average body type or average size range it invites comments, you know? And so I think unfortunately for her, even just not even people that are close to her that are concerned for her well-being, but, you know, kids at school or observers or other strangers are going to feel like it's, they, they can make comments because, oh, wow, she's so thin. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. And how is that going to affect her? And like, how do you, how do you protect her from those comments and, and help her not worry about it or internalize those? I mean, obviously focusing on her strength and that sort of thing, but as she gets older and becomes more aware of her body and relationship to other kids, her age, how do you protect her from becoming self-conscious about herself you know if she's always been thin and then at one point her body changes and she doesn't have that same physique anymore is she going to all of a sudden decide oh I, I'm fat I I have to be thin I have to be this small like it's the same thing we, yeah. we do with kids who do well academically when they're young you're so smart you're so smart you're so smart and then when they come across something that's hard yeah they give up because well I'm just not smart anymore yeah Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you have to, and I'm not saying that I'm any good at this. I'm luckily we're at the very beginning stages of having to to really do this, but you have to kind of like build their self worth around other things, um, and make sure that it's enough that the things other kids say don't bother them. I guess I think of like when people are bullied. You know, there's some kids. Now there are kids who just get it so much that it just tears you down. But I think that there are other kids who have enough 
support systems in their life and enough self-confidence that they're just like, oh, that person said that thing and it bothered me, but just for, you know, it just bothered me for the day or it made me really angry, but they're not my friend anyway. So it does, I don't need to think about it. And I, I would love for that to be like, I would love for kids to not bully each other at all. <laughs> like, let's just put that out there. But I would love for, for our kids, for their attitude towards somebody saying something mean to them or, cause it's going to happen, you know, whether, whatever it is, one direction or the other, somebody's going to be mean to them. And I would love for them to just realize like, that's not what makes me a valuable person. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't like you anyway. No, <laughs> so, um, but something, you know, building that up inside of them, giving them that character, that strength of character to realize that it, as cheesy as it is, it's not what's on the outside that counts, you know? Um, but that's really, I think that that's one of the things that is becoming mainstream now, especially with like, postpartum moms and the mindset about the postpartum body um is that that same idea of like your comment about my body is not what gives me worth and um that's something that I'm seeing a lot now I know there's still like mean people on social media like don't get me wrong but I'm also seeing a lot more people who are saying who are like posting pictures of themselves the day after they gave birth and being like look this is what it actually looks like after you give birth. You still look six months pregnant. Here's the gross mesh panties that everybody has to wear because you're bleeding all over. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just being totally honest about like, this is what it looks like. And this is what it feels like. And it doesn't feel good, but like, let's stop making it like we should all. So like, okay, for example, Victoria's Secret models, right? Everybody's always like, oh, they bounced back and had a baby and like look so great or whatever. But the thing is that they get paid money to look that way so their entire salary is based on how much time and I'm not even saying this is healthy this is still not healthy but like they have nannies and then they have personal chefs and then they have personal trainers and home gyms and like access to all of these things like you want to talk about privilege like in this arena those are the top of the top right so like these are people who are getting paid millions of dollars to look a certain way. And if they don't, then they lose their job. So they're highly motivated to look that way, whether it hurts them or not. And probably sustaining some injuries along the way. Like, let's be totally honest from an exercise science point of view. Um, for most of us, like we were talking about earlier, that's not the priority. That's not how I'm going to spend my time working out four hours a day and eating salads. But also that's just not like, I'm not six feet tall. I never will be <laughs> like my torso will never be that long. And I don't get value from myself from looking like I did before I had kids. Like, I don't want to look, I don't want to fit into the jeans that I fit into before I had kids because, because I've earned these hips, you know, like I, it's, it's hard. It's a privilege to carry a baby. And I, I just, it, and I really like that that's where social media and where culture is going as like, let's embrace what people, what reality is because reality, what we see in magazines is not reality. Like it's just not. And so I just love that that's where we're trending and trending more towards the, 
taking care of your insides than caring what the outside looks like. I do teeter totter back and forth between like, it would be nice to look like that girl that I was before (laughs) I have kids. Like I see pictures of myself. I'm like, dang, I look good. But then I'm also like, I had no clue. Like mentally, emotionally, like I am so much stronger as a person now. And like, look what I have learned. Look what I have endured. Look what I have gone through. Look what like the family and the life that I have created. Like that girl had very few struggles in life. Like life was a lot simpler for her. And so, yeah, it's easy or easier to worry about what you look like when you're only worried about yourself. But like, I wouldn't trade my life now for for that person to be who I was then. But sometimes I would like to wear the clothes she wore (laughs) just a little bit. Well, and you know, like, let's not doubt, like, I, I don't think that that's, that should be the priority, like size, but I think if you want to, and that's what you want to work towards, and that's like your personal goal, I, I also think that that's okay too. I think we should mention that like, that's a valid, that's a valid way to feel about your body that like you want to you want to feel good and look good and fit into the clothes that you fit into. Like I I just, because that's, I also think there's that conversation about priorities and perspectives changing. I think, you know, in life there are different seasons and the season that we're in right now is highly focused on our young children and how much they depend on us and how much our, our thoughts and our decisions and our daily lives are spent taking care of them and providing for them and being there for them. And not that we should completely sacrifice ourselves, but that's just the nature of the season that we're in, in our lives. And I would like to think that as our children get a little older, a little more independent and need us a little less each step of the way that there will be a time in a way that, that it will, we will have the ability to focus on ourselves a little more. You know, we're both about to get a bunch of messages about how that's not true. And when they get in middle school, it's going to be worse. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm sure with all like the practices and the events and all the things like the running kids every which way for all those things, I'm sure. But you know, I'm watching, you know, my parents now as their kids are, are getting are grown and on their own and that sort of thing and the emptiness stage a little bit and like, you know, kind of re-embracing their lives in a different way, like finding out who they are in, in this new season of their lives. So, um, you know, just, I, I would like to think that there are just, there, there's an ebb and flow of everything that you have to, you have to prioritize and certain certain times of your life certain things take priority over others but then that changes it's it's not a stagnant thing in our lives um but just like our bodies are are not stagnant like if we if we are not happy with them as they are there are things that we can do to change them and not necessarily just for the like appearance aspect of it but for the health for the you know long-term well-being for the mental health that comes along with being physically healthy. 
those kind of yeah, things. I know there's a lot of people whose um, goals, like fitness goals, are just to keep up with their kids or their grandkids. Yeah. And I think that that's completely valid because Lord knows they take up all the energy. And I think we also discount the amount of movement if you have young kids that you're doing throughout the day. So um, I follow this ultra marathoner on Instagram and she was talking about how she only, she gets questions all the time because for a lot of her ultra marathons, her training weeks, she only trains up to like 50 miles a week, which sounds like a lot to like a normal person, but you're talking to somebody who's running races that are 100, 200 miles, like 100, 250 to 200 miles. And so 50 miles in a week, like we're not even talking about a 50 mile run working up to that. We're talking about six days of running 50 miles total. Right. So that's like a normal, just for a little perspective, that's usually like once you're in the later stages of marathon training, that's how much you're running in one week. And a marathon is 26.2 miles versus an ultra is technically anything over, but she's talking about running like hundred mile races. So perspective there. And then, but she only runs like as much as you would run for a marathon, but she, people are asking, you know, how is it that you're finishing in the top 25% of all finishers, not women, all finishers of these races when you're, you're not running the miles. And she is a mom of three. And so she said um, that she thinks that anybody who can run a 10K, which is 6.2 miles, anybody who can run that far can run an ultra, especially moms, because the way that she does it is that she does her runs. She does two strength training sessions a week, which is that's like a typical just person who's trying to stay fit. That's not even like a bodybuilder or anything like that. That's just your average ACSM guideline. And then she, is on her feet all the time because she's a mom. And so that's what she was saying is her advantage is that she has this endurance that a lot of athletes who aren't moms don't have. And so the longer the race, the better she actually does because she's so used to being tired that to her to run a hundred miles, those later stages of the race, when everybody else is exhausted and it now affects them, it doesn't affect her because she's a mom. She always feels that way. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's good. That makes me feel good. Yeah. So sure there are plenty of people that, who can relate to just being right? mom tired all the time. Yes. So I think that we we can't discount the amount of calories burned and movement that we're doing on a regular basis anyway, as far as from like a health perspective of um, keeping limber and active. Uh, but I think... You also, you've kind of talked about before, um, there, there's chances to kind of build those, that movement into your day even more and kind of almost camouflage it. So your kids don't even recognize that you're exercising with them. You're just doing your thing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, you know, last year kind of helped me, um, unintentionally just you know, and wanted to ride his bike. So I would walk along and we still do this. We still try to do this um, every evening. Um, he would take a bike ride around the neighborhood and I would, you know, walk behind or ride my bike too. Um, or going for hikes and that sort of thing. Um, you know, just doing dance parties, like anything where, where we are moving and it doesn't have to feel like exercise. Like, you know, if it feels like exercise, <laughs> like I'm not a big fan of it. 
that's not true. I'm a big fan of it. Like like once I'm in it and like doing it. Once it's over. You hate it when we're actually doing it. Let me tell y'all about the time that Kayla ran a 10K. (laughs) Actually, I can't tell you about it because the words she used, we don't use on this podcast. (laughs) He was not happy with me. I was not. I was not happy with you at all. Until it was But then afterwards, you wanted to sign up for another one. Yeah, I didn't, though. I did think yeah, about it. You were me. you were all about it. Yeah. Once but, yeah, I'm like, I, once race day happens, I'm in it. Like we're doing this. Like there's all the other people and everybody's moving and I'm I'm doing it. It's the like it's the it's that long game. It's like the training and the every day and you gotta keep going and you can't just stop and try something different. But now if you put me in like I don't know. I can, I don't, I don't, I love swimming. I love hiking. I will dance. I will like anything that feels fun movement. I'm game. But if well, it feels you know like the kids are all work movement, yeah, exercise yeah. movement. You know, the kids are all in on those go noodle videos that we do with them. Yeah. Those are hard. I work up a sweat. So yeah, if you, if you don't go noodle with your kid on YouTube and you're looking for some exercise, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. We also did, um, if you're more into like the stretching side of things, they have kids yoga that takes you through stories. And so you don't hold the poses for very long, but it kind of is introducing the kids to yoga, but it's like a frozen story or whatever. Um, so that if you so are good. more into exercise, that's a direction to go and you can still get a really good workout with your kids. And our kids like to just do like regular yoga with us. That's true. Like if you just put on an exercise video or a yoga video or whatever, like they don't always stay in it very long. I think E does better than the boys, but yeah, she's older though. Yeah. But M for sure tries for a little while and like wants wants to do it. L's Uh, got the child pose down like a pro. Nice. (laughs) Lay on the mat. (laughs) You know, when we were exercising, we were talking about, you know, when you were first married um, I hated yoga when we started, like we did it like once a week, I think. And it was my least favorite workout of all the ones that we did. It was so hard, but within about a month, it was the one I looked forward to the most and it became my favorite. Yeah. See, it's that mind work. Mm. That's, that's another thing, um, that you could get your Sorry, I kind of went, it's kind of a long head track. So um, I think we've talked before from a teaching perspective about bringing meditation into schools and they have all these apps now and videos and stuff. But that's another thing. Um, I think the deep breathing and the using the Calm app or Headspace or whatever as a response to anxiety, even if a child doesn't recognize that that's why they're acting out. I think that that's something that you can do for both your own health and your child's health and kind of giving them a tool for something, you know, that they can use later on as they, as they get older and mature. Um, But that I know not everybody considers that exercise, but I consider the mind part to be exercise as well. So yeah, for sure. And something that I found that kind of goes along with that um, is just stretching. Like if you don't feel like exercising, like that's not your thing. You don't want to run. You don't want to lift weights. You don't want to do push-ups. Just taking 
10 minutes or whatever, whatever you can fit into your day to stretch, especially I found in the evening after M goes to bed, if I take a few minutes and do that, one, it's my time. It's, it's about me for just a few minutes. It's quiet. It helps me feel better. But then it, all, it also helps with like calming some of those anxieties yeah. and, and that mental health. But also if you carry a lot of tension because of your anxiety and because of the busyness and stress of the day, taking the time to like stretch out some of those muscles that have carried that tension all day can make a huge difference. Um, and I was doing it religiously for a while. And like, I don't realize how much the little things I'm doing to take care of myself are actually benefiting me and helping me feel better until I stop doing them. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, man. and then it just, everything starts feeling heavy again. And I'm like mentally not in a good spot. I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? And I'm like, well, I was doing this, but I'm not doing that anymore. Or I was doing, I was journaling. I was stretching. I was all these things. It's like, yeah, I was feeling pretty good when I was doing those things. Why did I stop? Well, I think another one of those, one of the things that can kind of fall under that really quick and easy, but take care of your, you know, big bang for your butt kind of things um, with body image and self-care is eating right. And I'm not saying like making gourmet meals all the time. I'm just saying like having fresh fruits and vegetables in the house and eating a variety of them, Um, shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. I know I feel better physically and mentally. And I feel better, like as a mom, there's a little bit less mom guilt when you have lots of fruits and vegetables in the house because that's what the kids have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I then feel guilty about throwing them away if they don't eat them. <laughs> so, you know, guilt on both sides, but it works. Um, but that it's, it's pretty incredible how much better the day is when we all start out the day with a nutritious, healthy breakfast and then kind of go from there. Um, and it's one of those things that like, if you're using like blueberries and carrots and stuff like that, it's not a huge time commitment. It's rinsing it off and eating it, you know? Right. So I think <laughs> that's another thing. If you can think ahead at the grocery store and, um, have those, I also just for the, to make my life even easier when I get home from the store, I think you do this too. I portion them out in little glass containers that the kids know that when they ask me for a snack, I'll say, oh, there's a bunch of uh, fruit in the fridge. You go pick whichever one you want. They get a choice. So they have some ownership over it. They have flexibility, but I also am kind of still controlling the situation. So um, that's we do that. one for sure. We do that on the weekends after we get home from the store. But then that's also usually our lunches for the week too. Like you grab a jar of berries and you grab a jar of cucumber slices and you grab, you know, a variety of things and then um, pair that with like a sandwich or, um, you know, some like avocado or hummus or whatever, you know, sort of entree, but then like those are quick, easy snacks and lunch sides for the week. Um, I've also found that like when we're super busy and we're on the run and we're like going here and there and everywhere and I don't feel like I 
have the time to like do the best shopping and meal planning and food prep and all that little tiny things that don't feel like they matter when you do them consistently over a long period of time will start to add up. Um, Even tiny things like parking further out in the parking lot so that you're getting more steps in your walk from the car to the store and back Um, rather than trying to find like that closest spot intentionally finding ways to get more steps. I know a lot of people use, um, you know, different types of trackers and watches and stuff like that to track their steps. And if you're, if you're conscious of that, like, I mean, I, I know that I haven't been doing it as well recently, but when I was, I would literally get to, you know, a few hundred steps away from my goal at night. And I would just walk laps around the house or circles in the kitchen or whatever. And, you know, that's, that seems silly and small, but if you are consistently moving your body, even if it's just walking laps around your kitchen or walking more steps from the car to the grocery store, those things are going to start to add up. Um, Or if you do go out to eat a lot because you're busy and you're moving, find one thing that you can change, even if it's a small thing in your meal. Like for a while, I was like, oh man, we're going out to eat way too much, but like life is just busy and it's not going to stop completely. So what can I do? Um, so I would like stop getting side dishes or stop getting fried foods. So like, okay, if I'm going to stop and grab a cheeseburger, don't get fries with it. Or if I'm going to stop and get like Subway, don't get the chips. Like, or if I'm going to stop and get Subway, just get mustard. Don't get mayo. Like things like that, that are, that just seem small. But again, if you are consistently making those small choices. Like I personally have seen the impact of when I stick to that, I, I feel better and I do start to notice changes in my body over time. Are they drastic? No, because if I'm not also exercising and drinking lots of water and eating fruits and vegetables, those things aren't, they're not going to fix it. But even, even in the busy, crazy times, if you can make those small adjustments you know, I've seen it in myself before. Um, and it goes the other way too. Like if you start to like, oh, it's just this one time I'll grab French fries or whatever. But then you keep continually making those small choices. Those add up the other way. Well, and it's the same. I, it's almost the same as like <clears throat> um, with your finances, you know, like Dave Ramsey's famous for talking about the debt snowball or whatever. and in that, in that idea, you pay off your smallest debt first with the, the idea that that motivates you to, and then you also have more money to put towards the next thing. But if you think about it this way, it's like more motivation to put towards the next thing where, you know, you're doing those small things. And so you're like, number one, you're more aware, but you're also treating your body better. And so it feels like a shame to like, okay, well, I went out and I took a 30 minute walk. So it seems like a bummer to fuel my walk with French fries when I have at an apple sitting in my refrigerator, also saving money. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of thing. Um, it kind of snowballs good decisions. And I think also not underestimating the people who you have around you. If you don't think that you have a very 
strong willpower in this area, and this is something that you do want to change, I think um, this is twofold with both making healthy choices, but then also seeing your body in a healthy way. So healthy choices being like, at you know, when somebody's like, hey, do you want to hang out? Because we're all hanging out with so many people right now, right? <laughs> um, but as, as it gets warmer um, and people are kind of getting together more, you know, rather than meeting up and eating, maybe you cook a healthy meal together or maybe you go for a walk and then cook, you know, grill out and you have whatever is healthy, you know, vegetables on the grill with burgers or something. But, you know, it's healthier than eating out and stuff like that. Um, or the same thing goes for the way you kind of self-talk. Um, I find that when I'm around people who are more critical of their own bodies and self-image, I start to notice things about myself more too. And so sometimes that's good where it's somebody who's like working on their posture and you're like, oh man, I got to sit up straight. I got to remember, don't slouch, don't slouch. Like, cause then you kind of internalize, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. I got to sit up straight. They're sitting up straight. They said something about it and it kind of triggers that thought. But then it's the same thing with if they're constantly trying to like diet I and calorie restrict and things like that. And I, that can, that has its place, but if that's what they're really focused on is how they look then I find that that also triggers those thoughts in me versus somebody who like, that's why my Instagram follow, like who I follow on Instagram is athletes and runners and, and other moms who like to hike because those are the things that I want to fill. Like if I'm just scrolling through Instagram, the things that I want to see are, Hey, I got out for a one mile hike today. It was a disaster. My kid had a blowout, the other one threw mud in the other one's eye, but <laughs> we did it, you know? And so that's like, oh, I can do that too then. And that's far better than someone, you know, showing me the pants that they shrunk out of or whatever. Cause then I'm like, well, I'll just go eat this cookie and hope that tomorrow's better, <laughs> you know? And I don't, I just, I don't have space in my life for that. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's, I'm, it's that way in a lot of things in life, like you are who you surround yourself with, or what yeah. you surround yourself with. Um, and you, it's sort of that like, self fulfilling prophecy, if you are constantly, you know, thinking that you can't do it, and you're reading, like seeing the negative news, and whatever, like whatever you are putting into yourself, you get out what you put in. So that happens with food that happens with exercise, but that also happens mentally with what we are exposing ourselves to. And I think sometimes, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about minimalism and like, I so badly want a minimalist lifestyle <laughs> and it's so not me because I am a hang on to it. Cause you never know kind of person. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said for the mentality of, of the minimalist, uh, like thought, not so much like you have to throw away everything you own. Like that's never going to be me. Would I like to declutter my life? Absolutely. But, um, you know, just kind of the mental aspect of that, of like, if things are not helping you be who you want to be and move you in the direction that you want your body or your life or whatever to go, then it's okay to like weed the garden and get rid of some of those things and clear space for 
what you do want to focus on, what you do want to prioritize and who you do want to be. Um, I cannot wait until the podcast about you going minimalist on us. I'm telling you, when, I, I don't know that I can ever truly be minimalist, but I, I do. No, that's I, the thing about minimalism, I though, is that if you actually, declutter. if you actually look like follow the, the, like a bunch of the leaders in the movement or whatever, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, they like minimalism is whatever it needs to be for you. Cause that's the whole thing. It's like, there are no rules. Basically, I do like that. So. I do like that aspect. You know, I was standing in the um, bathroom this morning, brushing my teeth and I was like, man, all right. Even if I just started in this bathroom, I could go through these drawers and there is stuff in here that I have not used that I haven't touched that is probably expired, but I just could not bring myself to like throw it away because I spent money on it and that feels wasteful. And like that's we going to, to throw it away. I guess in the bathroom, most of that stuff. You're no, I'm away. going to have to throw it away. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, old half used toothpaste or like, yeah, that's going to be throw away. Those kind of things, old, like half yeah. used deodorant. And then you buy a new one and then it's like, oh, well, this one's like been sitting here for three years. I can't, I can't use it now. Um, and then you keep it. Yeah, it just gets like pushed to the back of the cabinet or whatever, what? or like old makeup. Old, I have a whole like a bag of old makeup that I don't wear every day, but it seems wasteful to throw it away. This, so I'm, I am having to retrain myself and, and change my thought process to like, okay, but if I start with the bathroom drawers, like one step at a time, because again, if you like in lots of things in life, if you, see the whole picture and you try and take on the whole thing and completely overhaul it. That's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. And even if you do it, then you're going to throw out all your stuff and it doesn't stick like any, anything in life. You have to make it a habit and a routine and a mindset for it to stick. So it's the same thing with self-care and taking care of your body and the way you eat and how you exercise and like all the things that we're talking about, about self-care and bettering ourselves. Like if you want it to be part of your lifestyle and, and stick long-term, it has to be a mindset change and it has to be small changes over time that like retrain your brain to see the world that way. So it'll be interesting I think it, to see. Yeah. Well, and I think journey. it's worth it in all of those things, but especially, you know, with something as sensitive and as effective as, uh, body image and how that can affect your kids and them seeing how much you love or don't love yourself. Um, I think that has a huge impact on them in their lives. So it's probably fine if you love your body. 